Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So today's, I'm going to start off by giving a talk um, and then um, I'll do a short guided meditation. The, uh, the, the talk is uh, another excerpt from a, a, a writing project that I'm working on, um, basically just exploring the relationship between our original nature or essential nature and our relative self or essential relational self and they're all different aspects of this i want to bring out how the two fit together and uh, remember from our last retreat at yarrawarra we talked about the duck and the rabbit so how the uh, the gestalt switch from the duck and the rabbit so that uh, if the rabbits are original nature or oneness and then the uh, the duck is the differentiation the the many and the the world that we normally live in so the world that we normally live in and experience is the world of duality of difference of subject and object then at times you might get some you know glimpses or enter into the world of oneness and uh, then of course hopefully that transforms us a little bit to come back into the world of duality so you get that sort of continuum kind of one two three one two three one two three dance of um, duality non-duality back into duality but being a little bit enlightened or a little bit lightened up by the insight into the fact that everything is actually one. And people experience that in different ways. So the, um, the, the guided meditation will be on joyful equanimity, um, which is um, a practice that you find in Buddhism uh, and also in the uh, IRST Yoga Nidra. <coughs> and uh, equanimity um, is one of the called the four Brahma Viharas or divine dwelling places, which I will say more about a little bit later on. But first, I'd like to um, place this practice, this, this guided meditation practice, within the context of a larger discussion about how we understand human love in general <clears throat> and then how we might understand it in our own uh, Zen Buddhist tradition. So how do we understand love? Well, there are many ways of understanding love, but I'm going to talk about a couple of uh, dom quite well-known ways. So I'm, I'm there's two basic ways we can start to develop an understanding of what we mean by love. So one is through religion, 
uh, and especially the monotheistic religious traditions such as Christianity that teach that God is love. And from this perspective, we have a notion of a kind of universal love founded upon God or the unity of being. We are all one in God. The second understanding is secular, uh, based in science and the theory of evolution and uh, interpersonal neurobiology that locates the, 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 the evolution of loving feelings and actions in the mammalian attachment system. So these two basic worldviews are often seen as being in conflict, but I will want to suggest that this does not need to be the case. So I'm going to talk a little bit now about attachment and tribalism and trans-tribalism. So from the viewpoint of evolution and interpersonal neurobiology, love develops from the need for species survival. Infants learn to understand cues of safety and danger. And when they explore their environment, if they become afraid, they return to their caregiver. Mammalian caregivers nurture their vulnerable young for months and years. For human infants, the first 18 months of life is crucial for the development of the brain and the capacity to regulate effects, emotions. From an anthropological viewpoint, attachment provides the foundation for the family and the tribe. This is then enhanced through socialization processes into the tribe using rituals, symbols and language. Attachment also forms the basis for the development of the relational self. That is, the self develops in relation to the other. The infant child learns to distinguish between safe others and dangerous others. The next step in evolution was to live in peaceful proximity to other tribes. In anthropology, that has been referred to as hospitality towards strangers. A universal principle that is found in all religious traditions. Hence, this was a way to invite the other into the host community and develop trans-tribal nations based upon cooperation around mutual interests. Later in the 20th century, we witnessed attempts to develop a trans-nation state culture of cooperation with limited success. So, for example, when I lived in New Zealand um, and the Maori culture in the called the Marae, the houses um, where the tribe lived, the iwi, um, they had elaborate ceremonies of welcoming uh, strangers, including song and dance, and of course, the sharing of a meal. And these were often the essential features were strangers were welcomed into the host community. So both children and adults experience the emotions of separation and anxiety, grief, and the joy of reunion after, long, after a long period of separation. 
We can also punish individuals who are seen as offending against the tribe through ostracism. And dangerous individuals are still today ostracized from our community by confinement in prisons. Attachment-based love can also quickly change into attachment-based rage when unwanted separation occurs or when children are simply emotionally neglected. Therefore, attachment-based love is sometimes an unreliable source of constancy. Love can die, to quote a phrase. And this contrasts with these notions of universal kind of religious or spiritual love, which is constant. In many traditions, the source of religious spiritual love is understood to be God, a divine being, or simply universal consciousness itself. So what does Buddhism have to offer us? So from our ordinary mind perspective, we could talk about a kind of transformation from self-centered love to life-centered love. I want to suggest that Buddhism is concerned with the cultivation of love and happiness, both from the perspective of what I am calling attachment-based love, which you could call the progressive path or the growing up path. And from the perspective of waking up to our original nature. We could describe love and happiness as the ultimate medicine. The experiencing of joy and happiness has very beneficial effects on our body mind system. Zen Buddhist teachers such as Henry Shukman are now using the words original love as a synonym for what is called in Zen our original nature, which is self-luminous, that is self-aware, boundless and timeless. I would suggest that contemporary Zen, which is primarily practiced by people in their everyday lives, is aware of the pitfalls of attachment-based love and therefore frames both parenting and intimate relationships, and of course, Sangha, friendship, as opportunities for genuine spiritual growth that has the possibility to transform what we might call self-centered love in towards life-centered love. As with the relational self, which borrows its unbroken continuity from our original nature, attachment-based love is ultimately grounded also in this original or universal love but is experienced as attachment to the unique and particular person I am bonded with. In the spiritual traditions that inform our practice, to recognize our original nature to be timeless, unconditional, loving awareness, does not mean that we will no longer experience attachment-based love. There is no requirement for celibacy in order to dwell in our original nature of unconditional love. A love which is always present, which doesn't, which does not come and go. On the other hand, attachment-based love or conditional love arises between family members, intimate partners and close friends. Conditional love means exactly that. We love what is particular and unique to that person. Now, conditional attachment-based love can grow and deepen, and indeed, human beings can sacrifice their own lives for their loved ones. 
This kind of attachment-based love can bring out the best and sometimes the worst in people. For many of us, adult attachment relationships are in the majority of cases premised upon exclusivity. However, attachment-based love can also change into hate. The person whom we fell in love with and married turns out to be someone quite different from when we started living with them. And ultimately, I lose my respect and finally I end up hating that person and separating from them. Contemporary Zen Buddhism, such as our Ordinary Mind School, invites us to practice with our relationships as being the path itself. The recognition of our original nature as unconditional love can work to complement and deepen our experience of our conditioned attachment-based love because we intuit the, the oneness of all beings and the love that is ultimately the recognition of our oneness, our unified being. We will still therefore experience the pain of separation and ultimately of loss and grief, but hopefully our attachment-based conditional love will not be poisoned by ego-driven states of domination, control, possession or jealousy. The reason why we embrace attachment-based love is that from a tantric viewpoint, Love for our parent, or our children, or our intimate partners or friends can be a doorway into our original nature, our unconditional love, in the same way that beauty and wonder can be a doorway. Attachment-based love is also a great source of joy, wonder and well-being, emotions which connect us to unconditional love, or the joy of simply being. Attachment-based love, therefore, is an emotion which is conducive to joy and well-being. So, moving on now to the inner resource of the four Brahma Viharas, the four faces of love uh, that are discussed in Buddhism. Our original nature can be described as awareness or shin, heart-mind. This awareness that we are, which ultimately constitutes our original nature, as a number of essential qualities. In this section, we will discuss the four faces of universal love. In Buddhism, they are called the four Brahma Viharas or divine dwellings. Vihara means dwelling. In order to support the transformation of attachment-based exclusive love into love and happiness that radiates in all directions, including ourselves, contemplation of the four abodes can be transformative. So I'm now quoting from a Buddhist teacher called Gil Fronsdal. He says, the heart has four faces. Each sees the world in a different way and speaks with a different purpose. Yet, as aspect belongs to the same heart, they are inseparable like the four directions of a compass. This image of a four-faced heart is borrowed from the Buddhist myth of the god Brahma, who had four faces, one for each of the four kinds of unselfish love championed in Buddhism. In the language of the Buddha, they, these are metta, and mudita, metta, karuna, mudita, and upeka. 
In English, they are commonly translated as loving kindness, compassion or care, appreciative joy or sympathetic joy, and equanimity or peace or simply being. Because the god Brahma is said to dwell, Vahara, in these four forms of love, they are known as Brahma Viharas, translated in English as divine abidings. We could therefore describe these as the four faces of original love, as contrasted with conditional attachment-based love. Buddhism teaches practices for developing each of these attitudes. Uh, quote, we can learn to recognize, awaken and develop all of these attitudes so they become the natural dwelling place of the heart. On the other hand, they are also very accessible and ordinary states that we all have experience when the conditions are right. So when we're talking about the absolute and the relative, you know, the, 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 the original nature, the absolute and these divine bodes, also we touch on them through our relative happiness which comes and goes all the kind of experiences of joy that we most of us have experienced on an everyday basis such as um, the sense of feeling love towards our loved ones um, and friends being kind to people delighting in the affectionate play of a puppy dog caring for people in distress a sense of equanimity amid a personal crisis. Well, these, these are attitudes that we've all experienced in, in that relative way. And they give us a little doorway into the sense of the unconditional love, the heart, these four faces of the heart. Because these attitudes are all also facets of original love, they can be deepened through practice and become more and more accessible by deepening them through practice. Love can move more into the foreground in all our relationships, including even relating to strangers in the supermarket. <laughs> With practice, we can even maintain these attitudes towards people who have let us down or even mistreated us. Someone we care about, which is a key departure from conditional attachment-based love and tribalism. The presence of these attitudes is deeply contributing to healing and a deep sense of relaxation and well-being. Each attitude is an appropriate response to a different situation. They can guide our practice in our everyday lives. We can feel open and trusting towards others in social situations, extending a hand of friendship, when someone is suffering, we can bring compassion and care. We can express that in different ways. It just because simply sending a bunch of flowers. Um, when a friend is happy, we can share in and, and participate and appreciate their happiness. And if neither of those are appropriate, we can bring a sense of equanimity to the situations, a sense of radical acceptance um, of the other person or ourselves or the situation we find ourselves in. Again, as uh, Gil Fronsdal suggests, part of the power of the Brahma Viharas 
comes from the intention to love, not just the feelings or emotions themselves. When we appreciate others, metta is a basic goodwill that wishes well-being for others. When the suffering moves us, karuna is the wish for that suffering to end. When the joy delights us, mudita is the wish for joy to continue. And in the particular circumstances when we have no role in the welfare of others, upeka is the wish that we ourselves not become agitated while keeping our hearts open and responsive, perhaps available for when we can be of help. Each time these intentions are evoked, they become stronger, plant deeper seeds, are more readily available to motivate our actions in the world. All four of the Brahma Viharas can be cultivated through meditation practice. The loving kindness meditation practice is the most well known, but each of the attitudes can be contemplated in meditation. Again, Franz Del says, through regular practice, it is possible to have unlimited love, that is, love which is not withheld from anyone. In deep meditation practice with the Brahma Viharas, the experience of metta, karuna, mudita, and upika can become, as described by Buddha, extensive, expanded, limitless, free from hatred and ill will, which again is a description of our original nature, our original love. When they radiate outward in all directions of the compass without limit, the four Brahma Viharas are called the four immeasurables. It is phenomenally transformative to be absorbed in the radiance of any of these four. Honsdell concludes that outside of meditation, the Brahma Viharas also grow as we begin to recognize and cultivate them in our ordinary life. If one of them appears, it might be possible to stay aware of it rather than becoming preoccupied and forgetful of love's presence. If we have a regular familiarity with what it's like to love, we may be able to evoke any of the Brahma Viharas when it is appropriate. The Brahma Viharas can also become a guide for our actions as we seek to discover the wise and loving thing to do in every situation. Developing the Brahma Viharas in our social life provides a double benefit. We benefit from the inner goodness they bring us and, and those who are the recipients of our love benefit as well. So it has that reciprocity, it works in both directions. The giver is always already receiving and the receiver is already giving. Okay, so that's the uh, an introduction to the, the, the Buddhist teachings of the Brahma Viharas. Um, are there any, I'll pause for a, a few minutes to see if there are any questions or comments about that. And, and then I'll move to the guided meditation, a short guided meditation. Okay, so no questions or comments at this point in time. We can. Oh well, just uh, move into a, a, again comfortable posture, and we'll just go into a little guided meditation to demonstrate 
um, how would would do a contemplation around one of these Brahma Viharas. And so we're going to be focusing on the uh, joyful equanimity today, this morning. So settling into your posture, you may keep your eyes open or closed. Allow yourself to feel completely supported by the surface you are sitting on or lying on. You can lie down if you want to for the duration of this meditation. Releasing tension on the jaw, shoulders, any other area of the body which feels tight. Taking a couple of deep breaths and breathing naturally. Relaxing. Welcoming every messenger as it, as it arrives in the guest house of your awareness, whether it's a sensation, perception, a feeling or thought, or an emotion. Just allow all the guests to come and go. Allow your senses to be alive to the environment, sounds, the air in the room, sense of warmth or coolness. Come aware of the life force, however you want to conceptualize that. Life living us, Mother Nature, life as it is, the only teacher. Life is what we are. There is no boundary between you and life itself. Life is breathing you right now. Our practice is nothing more than ongoing awareness of this identity of ourselves with life itself. Life reminds us of the simple truth, moment after moment. Non-separation, the feeling of life living you. Pause for a minute to just contemplate your unique heartfelt mission in life. You could simply say to yourself, I'm a unique and valued expression of life. Life is living me with values and purpose that I embrace. You may want to formulate your own unique mission and purpose in life. And just becoming aware of our intentions for today's practice, you might have your own unique intention, but basically we are intending to allow ourselves to dwell in equanimity this morning during this guided meditation. To become aware of our innate joyful equanimity. Your natural state or mode of being. which also becomes like an inner resource for us. So inviting in your inner resource, it could simply be non-separation from this moment. 
the sounds, or it could be the sounds or the colors, one Dharma door after another, revealing the innate perfection of every moment. Or it could be an image that evokes or cultivates a sense of safety and security or love, a feeling of being loved and loving. Just returning to the awareness of body sensations. Moving to the jaw, releasing any tension in the jaw, in the mouth and the lips, the inside of the mouth, the nose, becoming aware of the air moving through the left nostril and right nostril, becoming aware of the cheeks, the eyes, the eyes as locations of sensations, the eyebrows and forehead, top of the head, just feeling the sensations at the back of the neck and releasing any tension, just relaxing the shoulders, going down through the arms, down through to the hands and the fingers, feeling the sensations of tingling in the hands and the fingers. Feeling the sensations at the back of the torso and the front of the torso, the chest and the belly, the belly just naturally arising and falling with the breath. Moving down to the hips and the pelvis, the upper legs, knees, and through the lower legs, and to the feet, resting on the floor, feeling the sensations in the sole of the foot and in the toes, feeling the whole sense of our body as radiating, radiating sensation, pulsating and fluctuating becoming aware of that field of energy, of sensation, like a formless field of sensation, allowing yourselves to be aware of also the environment into intermingling with the body sensations, sounds coming and going, and sensations coming and going within the same unlimited field. Just resting on the breath for a few of the breaths, just following the in-breath and the out-breath, becoming aware of the breath and the energy circulating throughout the body. The energy of life itself, the life force moving through the body, sense of vitality and aliveness Now moving into the 
sense of felt sense of joyful equanimity how our sense of relative stillness and silence gently allows us to continue to drop deeper and deeper into this unlimited pool of being that we are dropping deeper and deeper into this moment this being here now this beautiful silence and stillness connecting us with our boundless sense of being radiating in all directions relaxing and letting go of all tension with this felt sense of joy on the in-breath and the out-breath the joy of simply appreciating and being alive the wonder of being alive, sharing this moment with each other. Experience sensations of joy, or happiness, or even bliss in your body. If it's helpful, you can recall a memory or image of a particular event or animal or someone in your life who you love or who loves you that invites this felt sense of joy into your body Now let the memory or image drop away and simply rest in the felt sense of joy that the image evokes. The images will come and go, but the felt sense of joy remains. Feel also the felt sense of our luminous awareness, our awareness of awareness. Awareness aware of itself, requiring no effort at all on our part, just the simple recognition of awareness itself. As inherently non-judgmental, loving and all-embracing, Awareness itself, holding and embracing your body and mind as a mother holds an infant with tender care. Awareness will never let you down. It's always present and always available. It's loving, non-judgmental presence itself.
experiencing sensations of joy or happiness expanding throughout your entire body. Joy flowing throughout your torso, arms and legs. Your entire body alive with the felt sense of joy, appreciating the joy of simply being. And bring to mind this image of the Buddha smiling. Bring this image and see if you can experience an inner smile radiating from your heart. It may help to form a smile on your lips, but allow it to drop deeply into your sense of being. Feel this smile expanding and spreading throughout your entire body. As the heart opens and the belly relaxes and we let go and surrender. becoming completely absorbed in this uncaused happiness, well-being and joy, the joy of simply being, the peace of simply being, the happiness of simply being. Notice how all that we are experiencing, all the different sounds, the sensations, if we open our eyes, the colors and shapes can all take on this beautiful, shimmering, radiating dance of joy and well-being. If it's helpful, interweave your inner resource of being and well-being in which all of these changing and dancing and pulsating sensations are unfolding moment by moment. Notice how joy is unfolding in awareness. Feel your sense of separateness dissolving into being spacious and unchanging awareness in which the feeling of joy is present. Allow yourselves to bathe in that beautiful joyfulness, abiding in this wonderful Brahma Vihara, this divine dwelling place.
Now, opening your eyes, returning and reminding yourself of your mission and intention. Welcome in the world around you, welcoming the world around you in all its different shapes and colors and senses, sounds, continuing to feel the joy. Noticing the beauty of everything around you, just as it is. Even the most simplest of objects. Appreciating the textures and colors of the objects around you. The simple isness of life itself, the simple suchness or thusness that we are. Finishing with a reflection of gratitude on our capacity to experience joy, our capacity to experience safety and friendship, spiritual friendship. Let us send our sense of joy and well-being and love to people in other parts of the world who are currently suffering from humanity's violence. May their hearts be opened and healed. May we continue to bring the sense of peace and joy and love into our own everyday lives to share with our family, friends and community. May you be well, may you be happy, may you be at ease, may you continue to experience joy and well-being.